Just thank you for the guys for allowing me this privilege to be able to share with you. Um, I was thinking back over the worship. Um, I started going to LTTs, which they used to call it back then in the day, which is called Leadership Training Times. They have now changed names to Equips. Um, so, Rob, I've been going to them since 19, I think about 1992. <laughs> and I'd like to say that in those times, I was a young student and God spoke so clearly to me of the future. And as a result, I made decisions upon the way that brought me to stand here today. And um, back then, you never know what it's really going to look like. But all you do is you take the next step of obedience and the next step of obedience. And after that, you take another step of obedience. And I have the incredible privilege of being able to share God's word with you today. And I do count that as an incredible privilege. And so I come from a church, um, as you said, in Port Elizabeth. It has now changed its name. And I'll do a quick one for you. It's called Kabecha. You have to do a click and a good at the end. And uh, so we'll let you practice that for the, the rest of the session. It's something like speaking in tongues. And uh, we, uh, we're, not quite, um, we're not quite comfortable with it just yet. Um, but that's where I come from. And uh, you have a church praying for you this evening, the church back in Port Elizabeth. And uh, I'm here sent by the eldership of that church. Um, and it's with the authority that I come and minister to you this evening. And so, yeah, we're going to jump straight in. And uh, I just felt to share a word before we go into time, a time of ministry. And the word for you as, as a region, and I feel for us just around the world as churches partnering together... And I felt that word just repeated over and over, multiply, multiply, multiply. I'll say that again, multiply, multiply, multiply. If you want a word to take home, to do something with, God is saying multiply. Wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, whether it's in a school, in a university, in a job, in ministry, full-time ministry, we're all in ministry, but those that are giving their time full-time, it is to multiply and God wants to multiply whatever it is that you are doing. And so whether you are leading a home group, whether you're doing kids ministry, whether you're leading worship, whether you're in the marketplace and you're a business man or woman, God wants you to multiply his kingdom where you are. And so I just feel like that's a word in season for us. And uh, I feel like in this last sort of 18, 18 months, there's been one of two responses um, amongst believers in churches. The first response has been, let me just cope let me just look after myself, make sure I'm okay, make sure people are phoning me, making sure I've got everything okay, I'm healthy, we're okay. And then there's been those that have said, are you okay? How are you doing? What can I do for you? And they're two very different responses to the very same pandemic. And the one is a kingdom response. The one is how can I serve you? How can I make sure that you're okay? How can I extend the kingdom and bring Jesus into the situation? And uh, it's for us to understand that no matter where we are, no matter what place or space we find ourselves in, in our life, that our mission and our mandate is always the same. Whether we are in an economic crisis, whether we are facing racial or economic issues in our nation, whether we are facing poverty, whether we are facing Whatever it is that we find, the mission and the mandate stays the same. And that is to multiply, to multiply, and to multiply the kingdom of God. And I just feel like God wants to remind us of that in this time. 
And as we come together as churches, nations, different people represented, that word rings out and is true for each of you. There was a word this morning that spoke about a trumpet sound. And if I could put words to that trumpet sound, it's calling us to multiply. The early church, whenever they were faced with challenge, whenever they were faced with um, opposition, whenever they found themselves in a difficult time, just go and read the book of Acts. Every time that happened, what was the common thing that happened after that? It was multiplication. And it says, and the church multiplied. And the church was scattered and they multiplied. And so in adversity, we should be multiplying. Where the church is challenged, where it's persecuted, where it's found in difficult times. And I do believe, not being a prophet of doom, but if you read Revelation, Eddie, we will see... (laughs) That the greatest time in history and the greatest harvest is going to come amidst the greatest time of chaos upon our planet. But it's in that time that the church flourishes. It's in that church that the time multiplies. It's in that church, in that time that the church sees the greatest harvest come in. And I want to just draw attention to something that Rob shared this morning. The Bible is a unified story with an unfolding storyline of multiplication. And I'm going to unpack that just a little bit. The Bible is a unified story with an unfolding storyline of multiplication. Where God is, wherever God was found, there was fruit, there was growth, and there was multiplication. To be made in His image means to be fruitful, to multiply, and reproduce others in His image. And so what's going to come up on the screen right now, could I just get some water? I've got water on my chair there. That would be great. Okay, great. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. Could you pop the... Good job, Steve. Yeah, teamwork makes the dream work. And so we see the storyline throughout Scripture. Rob actually stole some of my Scriptures this morning. Super prophetic, Rob. And uh, the first commandment to humanity is a mandate focused on multiplication. In Genesis 1, verse 26, it says, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over it. So the first command ever to the human race was multiplication. And it hasn't changed. God promises to Abraham in Genesis 22, verse 17, His promise was of multiplication. I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of the heaven and as the sand on the seashore. In Deuteronomy 6 verse 3, God gave his law to Israel that they might multiply in the promised land. Hear there, O Israel, and be careful to do them that it may go well with you and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord your God your father has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Oh, donkey, I'm getting water from all sources. Jesus commissions his disciples in Matthew 28, as we know in verse 18, to multiply followers among all nations and people through the power of the Holy Spirit. The early church in Acts 9.31 is multiplied as they worshiped God and enjoyed the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Can you just see this throughout Scripture? just speaks about whenever God's giving a promise, wherever God's commissioning his people, it's to multiply. I want to multiply you. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to grow. And then lastly, in 2 Timothy 2, verse 1 to 2, Paul told 
his disciple Timothy to multiply leaders who will multiply leaders. There's this unfolding storyline, if you read the Bible from cover to cover, of multiplication. It's one of the five mandates of the kingdom that God gave to the church, is to multiply. And I feel that at this time, the Holy Spirit is highlighting this to us. And you think, well, what does that mean for me sitting in my seat in my church as I wake up tomorrow morning? How does that impact my life? And I'm so glad you're so hungry to hear the answer. He says he wants us to intentionally multiply the number of home groups. He wants us to intentionally multiply and engage our cities with new ways and um, new ways of bringing the good news. He wants to multiply leaders who will multiply leaders. He wants to multiply ministries that will serve our communities. He wants to multiply services and sites. He wants to multiply the number of church plants happening. He wants to multiply the anointing and giftings as we are fruitful that, with that which God has placed on our life. And so you see, that, that's how it impacts our lives, that we multiply wherever we are with whatever we're doing, um, that there's a fruitfulness and multiplication that comes to what we do. And another question I know you're burning to have answered is, well, why do we do this? Why multiply? Why can't we just sit and sing kumbaya around the fire and hold each other's hands and have church and good coffee? Though that is definitely not a wrong thing to do. Why do we do this? In Acts 6 verse 7, it says, So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs amongst them. Why do we want to multiply? Why do you want to just split your amazing home group that just loves to get together? Why do you want to open your home for other people to come and meet there? Why do you want to speak to your colleague? Why do you want to pray for an unbeliever for healing? It's to be obedient to the original mandate that God gave man, that it was to multiply and have people multiply in his image and bear his image. You see, because multiplication, I know there's this sort of saying in churches, well, it's not about numbers. You know, we don't count numbers. It doesn't matter if you've got 50 people or 500 people. Now, I'm not into numbers for numbers' sake, but for me, a number represents a person. And it means the more people we are reaching, it does affect our numbers. And so numbers is biblical. And it's not a wrong thing just for numbers' sake to say, hey, we have 500 people in our church. It's no, 500 souls have been touched by the power of Jesus Christ and have been transformed. And man, that's why I'm so amazed when you say, we had 10 this week and we had 20 next week and we had 50 next month and we had 100 the year after that. Because those are lives being touched and changed. And that's why we do what we do. That's why we, we're into multiplication. That's why we want to see churches and home groups and sites and those things multiply amongst us. So that we can see multiplication in lives being saved, delivered, healed and restored. So we can see a multiplication in strong, mature disciples being made. And we can see multiplication of those who go out and do the same. That's why we do what we do. That's why we want to multiply. That's why we're just not comfortable Sunday after Sunday in our seat that you don't want anybody to sit in. So you might be saying, well, how do we do this? How do we multiply? We've known this, we've, we know all about the mandate of the mission and the multiplication, and we're always talking about church planting. You can't go to an equip without hearing at least 
three sessions on church planting, who wants to church plant, but it's because that's one of God's vehicles of bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to nations. It's one of his vehicles. So how do we do that? And I want to just take us through a few little steps, and then we're going to respond. Wherever you see multiplication in the Bible, I sort of started looking through where there was multiplication, what were the common sort of factors that were involved, what was happening to the person involved, the church involved, the people involved, when they saw their numbers grow, where they saw people getting touched by the power of God, where more and more people were getting saved, healed, and delivered. What was happening in that situation? And there are two things that predominantly came through every time. The one, there was faith that came from hearing a clear word from the Lord, and there was the power of the Holy Spirit. Those two things came through again and again. In Acts 11, verse 24, it says, He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. That's an incredible thing. It's like, well, this is who he was, and as a result, a lot of people came to the Lord. There was faith, and there was the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts uh, 6, verse 8, as I've read, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs amongst the people. didn't say he did great signs and wonders in the church meeting. It says he did great signs and wonders. The power of the Holy demonstrated out there amongst people that are lost and are going to a Christless eternity with signs and wonders. Just as Rob shared this morning, when we go, when we go into our marketplace, into the boardroom, into our schools, <laughs> the power of the Holy Spirit is upon us to demonstrate the kingdom, and their numbers grew. Can I just sort of suggest, take it or leave it, maybe we're not seeing enough signs, wonders, and miracles because we're confining it to a church building. But God actually said, no, I want you to go and multiply that out there. And so faith, where does faith come from? Romans 10 verse 17, it says, So then faith comes from hearing, what? Hearing the word of God. And I want to share a little, uh, maybe a little testimony with you this evening. Um, so I've been working full time at the church office where I work day, day in and day out, 8.30 to 4.30, uh, and then many hours after that often. But there was a time I was, I was a nursing sister, or what, what, I don't know what you'd call that here, just a nurse, yeah. Um, uh, I was a nurse in a hospital, I was delivering babies, um, I was working in the labor wards, working long hours, and uh, I'd felt the call of God on my life when I was at school already, and the Lord said, no, you need to work for a couple of years, I need to build some things into your character, which only gets built in the marketplace, and uh, so I gave myself to... Um, doing that diligently, but loved the church, loved what God was doing, knew that that was where I'd end up. And uh, I felt to move out of that, and I was working for a pharmaceutical company, uh, the one that's very famous at the moment, Pfizer. Um, I used to work for them when we launched some other very interesting drugs. And uh, I was working for them so that I could work sort of more office hours, so I was more available for the church in the evenings and on weekends. And one day... I was merrily minding my own business, loving Jesus, and he said, I want you to resign. I 
said, uh, and do what? <laughs> he said, no, I just want you to resign. I said, well, that's, that's wonderful. Um, I'm single. I don't have parents that can support me. Um, what would you propose I do? Am I going to become a bag lady living on the streets? Um, and he said, no, I, I want you to resign in faith, and you'll see what I will do. I said, God, could you, you know my personality, could we just have a few ducks in a row? We don't have to have all of them, but could we just have a few in a row? And he said to me, I want you to be available, and during that time, I want you to study. So I did uh, theological studies, and he said, I want you to be available to travel. I went, travel where? And with what money that I won't be earning am I going to be traveling? And he didn't tell me anymore. He just kept pressing that upon my heart. I want you to resign. I want you to resign from secular employment. And I really wrestled with that. I was about to buy property. Um, I was in an incredibly good job. I was getting um, uh, 12 checks during the year. And then every quarter I would get another check, a double salary because of my incentives. And then at the end of the year, I'd get another bonus check. So life was pretty awesome. And uh, I was about to buy property, and I was able to use my holidays to go on outreaches and go to equips. And so I was thinking, Lord, this is, this is a good setup here. We've, we've got it going. And he said to me, I want you to resign. And he wouldn't give me anything else. And so I really wrestled with that. And I asked him to confirm his word, and faithfully, every time I asked, he confirmed his word to me. And as that word began to take root in my heart, I just felt faith for something that seemed pretty irresponsible. <laughs> um, my mom was saying to me, Are you, have you pretty much lost <laughs> the plot completely? And I said, not completely, but I'm sure partly. And um, she said to me, are you sure? And I said, I'm, I'm sure. And I felt faith rising in my heart to, to make this transition. And uh, my final sort of hurdle was to go and see the elders, and I believe we submit these types of decisions to our elders, not as a, not as a, a sense of them saying right or wrong or a, an authority that's being imposed, but out of men and women that love me and care for me and have an anointing to see things over my life. And so I went to them and I thought, okay, they're going to say no. And then I'm going to say, you see, God, I'm in submission. They said, no, can't do this. But I knew in my heart God was speaking. And I took that step of faith. I went and saw them. They said, that's the best thing you could do with your life right now. And I was like, okay, this is really happening. And uh, so I said, okay, I'm, I'm prepared to, to do this. But there was this increasing faith that came the more and more God confirmed his word to me. And I stepped out. And I'd love to say it was the easiest road I've ever walked. <laughs> but for a whole year, all I did, I had to... Um, make some changes in my living arrangements. I had to radically cut my budget um, from sort of pretty great to zero. And there were a lot of changes I had to make. But the presence and the power of God kept me in that year. And at the end of that year, um, the elders called me in and they said, we had felt before you resigned that God was calling you um, into ministry and onto staff. But uh, we wanted to see that you had faith to walk this journey because it's not going to be easy. And, uh, and it was just the, 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 the sense of, sure, God, I heard you. And there was faith that was released, and God released grace and power for me to walk through that season. And as a result, I was able to plug in and do different uh, things, and we sort of went from there. But I want to use that story not as a, hey, wow, look at my life, but I want to use that story to illustrate what it takes to multiply what God has on your life. 
what it takes to multiply what it is that you are doing. And firstly, I want to say faith comes by hearing and hearing hearing the word of God. And that can come through the scriptures. God spoke to me very clearly through scriptures. Every time I've made a big decision, God has given me a word in scripture. And it can come by a rhema word, a prophetic word that someone gives you, a dream someone has and lets you know. But I want to say you need that word because it's that word from God that gives us faith to do it. You ask these guys that have planted churches and gone around the world, there was a time where they needed to hear God. And they needed to hear him clearly. But when that word comes, as much as there's still the, hey, I'm a bit nervous, there's something of, there's faith to do this. When we look at everything, we're just going, the bank balance doesn't make a sen you know, sense. What about our kids? And what about this? And what about that? But you know there's a faith, a supernatural faith that's released because you've heard the word of God. You see, faith without the word from God is presumption. And I think that's often why people run into difficulties. And that's a preach for another day. But I want to say that faith came. These apostles that were, that were multiplying came when there was a word from God. God called them. He knocked them off a horse. He blinded them. He did whatever it was to grab hold of them. And it said that they were full of faith. Why were they full of faith? Because they had a word from the Lord. It came from revelation from him. And tonight we're going to have an opportunity to release some of those words over people's lives. And that's why we do that so that God can speak and confirm those things in your heart. And as he does that, there's a faith that's released, that you just go, man, nothing seems to make sense. Just this does not fit on my grid. Steve was sharing about adopting their beautiful daughter. I'm sure in his mind he was going, this doesn't make sense. This is, doesn't line up with my plans and what I thought was going to happen. But man, when that word came, it was, I've got faith for this. And then you almost can't not do it. And so that you need that word. You need that word from God. And then it says, and they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1 verse 8, we know it well. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And in John 20 verse 21, it says, again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. You see, we can have faith, but then we still need to walk out the promise. And the promise doesn't come in our flesh. Anybody that's ever tried to do something outside of themselves in God realizes they need a power bigger than themselves. <laughs> And we, will, we need to walk in that attitude daily of saying, I need, I need the power of the Holy Spirit today to pour out for today. And tomorrow I need a fresh infilling, as it says in Ephesians 5, that we are filled continuously with the Holy Spirit, with that power that enables us, that enabling grace that allows us to walk out what God has given us faith for, that has come from the word that he's given us. And that's how we multiply that's how we move forward. We hear from the Lord. We receive faith through revelation. And we step out in the enabling power and grace of the Holy Spirit that he gives us. You see, there's an act of waiting that comes. I can have faith. I can say, Holy Spirit, come. But the Holy Spirit is a person. There's a relationship. When I'm saying, Jesus, every day, 
I need your grace. Every day I need your power for this day, for this moment, for this task, for this assignment. And I know from every day, from that day that I resigned, and my boss kept saying, so try and give this as a resignation speech to your boss. Yeah, it was, God told me. And uh, my boss looked at me and she said, you can just tell me if another company's poached you. <laughs> and I was like going, I was like, do you think I'd make up a story like this <laughs> if, that was the, the, if that was the case? But every day from that step of faith, from that word that came, that revelation that came, and that step of faith that God wanted to multiply the gifts upon my life, the calling upon my life, what he was doing through my life, every day I felt completely inadequate, <laughs> completely not up for the task, and can I tell you, right now as I stand here, I think, I'm not up for this. I'm not equipped. I, am, I feel I'm not, there's inadequacies in me that I'm very aware of. But I've learned over the years that the enabling power of grace has allowed me to walk out every step of obedience. And God told me at the beginning of this journey, he said to me, you just say yes, unless I give you a clear no. He says, because you have to think about it, you'll probably say no way more than you're supposed to. <laughs> and so I just said yes. And then I'd have like a panic attack after I'd put the phone down. God, Jesus, I can't do this. But he said, you've got my word. Now walk in faith. Believe that I've called you, that I've anointed you, that this is the task, this is the place, this is the assignment. And I will meet you in every moment with my enabling grace and power. And so for me, there is a drawing on the power of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. Not because of duty, not because of discipline, but because of desperation. <laughs> because I know that the, what he's called us to do, as was shared, is bigger than any of us could do in our own natural strength. And so we need to be, learn to be a people of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, that are prepared to take those faith steps because we know the enabling empowerment of the Holy Spirit will meet us in those moments. They'll meet us in nations. They'll meet us in unreached people group scenarios and situations. He will be there because of the power of the Holy Spirit, not because of our abilities, not because of our personalities, not because of our skill. He'll use those things under the harnessing power of the Holy Spirit. So our faith response is to hear, to believe, to receive, and then to go. And going is going to mean something very different for each of you. You see, because when the word comes, we have the written word that speaks about principles. So we know we go to see people saved. We know we go to set captives free. We win nations. We plant churches but then we also hear the specifics of where and how and when. And so we go with the specifics. We go, Lord, we're going here. We're doing this at this time. I heard a story over lunchtime. God spoke to a couple. It was Malcolm and Lynn. Spoke to them. Within two months, they packed up their whole house, life, ministry, and moved to another nation with specific words from God. So we'll have the general words and we'll have the specific words of God. So hear, believe, receive, and go. 
And to close this off, I want to say we need to take some faith steps. As we hear the voice of God, even in this time, tonight, over this week, as we go home, as we say to the Lord, here am I, that availability, what do you want me to do? He's going to give you some specifics. And some of those specifics to multiply the kingdom in and through your life. We're going to need to take some faith steps to go and plant new home groups in a new suburb, in a new city, in a new area. Maybe we're going to have to take faith steps for the first time to open our home and say, you can come and meet in my home. I have space. Come and meet him. That might be where your faith is right now. I can open my home. I'll feed everybody and open my home. You come and lead it <laughs> to allow space for multiplication. We need to take faith steps to start or join new ministries birthed in and through the local church. And are there things burning on your heart, those dreams, those visions that God's given you? Now's the time to take those faith steps and say, Fred, Rob, your elders, this is in my heart. I feel it's time. I feel it's time we start ministering to these people in the city, and I feel we need to start this. That's how we multiply the kingdom of God. That's how we reach people. To be, we need to stay, take steps of faith to be equipped and trained to lead. I loved having the youngsters, and no, I don't want to say youngsters, the Holy Spirit fired up people that are younger than me. <laughs> and that's quite a lot of people now that are, so the years go on. Because we all need to be trained up. We all need to be taking those steps to say, you know what, I'm going to step into that space. I can't see it. I don't know it's going to happen. But I'm, I've, I've heard God. He's spoken to me in the Word. He's spoken to me through people. And I'm going to take that step into a place where I can be trained and equipped. I'm going to go to another equip. And that will be their last equip, Robert. It's okay. And then I'm going to get trained up. And I'm, yeah, we're having leadership. Can we just have one more? And... Um, we're going to go, we're having leadership training at the church. Man, I'm going to be there. I don't care what anyone thinks with us. If they think I belong there or not, I'm going to be there because I'm going to take that faith step. I'm going to start, I'm going to step out and start or support new services, new sites, or new church plants. Man, that takes faith. But man, when you've got a word of God, a word from the Lord. We recently had a couple, an eldership couple in our church uh, go to transition another church in our city, and uh, we sent quite a big team with them to go and help them and support them. And man, I have seen those people come alive in that church <laughs> like I never saw them come alive in our church. I'm like going, hey, <laughs> what were you doing? But there's a sense of they've gone under the power and the unction of the Holy Spirit. And they've said, man, we're taking a step of faith. We're dependent on God. We're stepping out of our comfort zones. We're leaving that seat that we'd slap someone if they sat on Sunday morning, where we always sit. And they've gone and changed their whole environment. A lot of them have, like, are driving further to church, all those things to go and support. And there's a multiplication that's happening in that church because they chose to go. They took that step of faith. Uh, start out in a new and fresh ways to engage our community with the gospel. Man, there are creative-minded, incredible people sitting in our churches. And that person might be you. Saying, man, I just feel we could engage the city like this. I think we need to go and serve here and feed here and do these things. As those things are unctioned in your heart by the Holy Spirit, God is wanting to use you to multiply His kingdom in the community that you've been put in. 
And then just lastly, exercise and be faithful with the gifts and anointings upon your life. Can I say, if you have a prophetic anointing, you are not going to wake up one morning and utter the mysteries of the Lord. I'd love that to be the case. <laughs> but it's a growing and a stepping out and a taking a risk and grow the gifts and the anointings upon your life. If you've been called to preach and teach the Word of God, equip yourself, learn, train, go and come alongside other people that are doing it to say, man, because then God can use me to multiply His Word throughout the earth. And so if the music team could maybe make their way to the front. And as we do these things, plant new home groups, go with home groups, open your home, start new ministries, think of creative ways to reach your community, your city. Be faithful with the gifts and the anointings God's put upon your life. As we do these things, led by his voice, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe we are going to see a great multiplication amongst us. Because it takes every person saying, I am responsible. I pick up the mandate and mission to multiply people in his image. And so tonight, I'd like to invite us I just love that scripture where it said, Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. I want to be able to say Chanel, a woman full of faith and the Holy Spirit. I want to say, I'm sure you want to say Craig, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. But can I say, to be full of something, you need to receive it. <laughs> You need to be open to receive that. And I want to invite you this evening, if, if you're comfortable to stand with us, and I'm really trusting for two things this evening. I felt the Lord say, release and make space for the power of the Holy Spirit to engage us this evening. That man, where we've given out, maybe where we're a little dry, that the Holy Spirit can come and fill us and activate us, not, not for goosebumps, not to roll over the floor and go, oh, that was a fantastic meeting, you know, just like awesome. Can we do it again tomorrow night? The reason that you get touched and you, get, and you fall on the floor is to get up and to go out and touch somebody else. That's the point of it. Is it wonderful? Absolutely. Is it glorious? Do I love it? Absolutely. But it's with, a, with a, the, the viewpoint of being able to go. There's a there's this saying that says, I want to have an encounter so that I can be an encounter so that someone else can encounter Him. And tonight, I would love for us to encounter the Holy Spirit afresh. To say, man, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you to plant that new home group. I need you to go to that nation. I need you to reach out to that person in my office. I need you to help me to pray for that youngster that's bound in drugs and needs deliverance to come and see you. I don't know how we do this. I don't know how everything we've heard. I mean, I heard Rob's message this morning. I was challenged to the core. I think everyone was. But I've known the Lord long enough to know that if He says go, He'll give me what it takes because of the power and the enabling grace of His Spirit.